Well, this is your host, Kyle Gorman, and first of all, I want to thank you. You know, as we head into a new year here in 2019, we want to hear from you. We want to know how we can uh, help provide more support to you. So what we're looking for is your feedback. And uh, we want to know, what do you like about the show? What are some things you'd like to see us change about the show? What is some content that we've provided that has been beneficial that you'd like us to uh, maybe provide more of or shift or adapt the show in a certain direction even? So uh, that's what we want to hear from you. We want your feedback. We want to make sure that, that we're providing the information that is beneficial to you, our audience. So you can contact us directly through email at eb at GormanCompanies.com. It stands for Employer Blueprint. So it's EB at GormanCompanies.com. Email us. Let us know how we can continue to help and enjoy today's show. Welcome to Business Playmakers, the podcast that meets with innovators, trailblazers, and leaders to learn about their experience and what success really means. Hosted by entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. The Business Playmakers podcast is brought to you by Employer Blueprint. Employer Blueprint is focused on developing great leaders and high-performing managers through one-on-one coaching and group workshops. To schedule coaching for you or your team, simply visit employerblueprint.com. Well, welcome to this week's episode of Business Playmakers. Um, very excited to have uh, have on the show my friend John Hopper. John um, uh, is a business owner, entrepreneur, and and um, but uh, he's also helped create a program that really helps um, your employees, which is such an incredible need in the market today. So um, excited to have him on and kind of share his journey and then uh, talk a little bit about this program that he's developed as well and um, and how that may be able to, to help you and your team. So John, I don't want to steal your spotlight here. You want to um, just kind of walk us through your, your history and your experience and, and how sure. you, you are now. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me on. I'm really, really, really excited to be here. Sure. So this is really a big deal for me. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a big podcast, so it's a, it's a big deal for me. Good. So, um, yeah, so, so my life in uh, entrepreneurship actually started at birth. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. Yeah. My father was an entrepreneur and I, I grew up in it. So my grandfather was a mechanic and uh, what he did was he owned a mobile gas station. And back in the day, um, you know, when, like when I was a kid and, you know, even before that, when you wanted to have your car fixed, you didn't take it to the dealership. You took it to the gas station. Yeah. And so, so really what he was, was a mechanic by trade. Right. Mm -hmm. But he was an entrepreneur and a very successful one. He made a lot of money in his life. My father owned a painting company Mm -hmm. and it was a big, it was a big painting company. I mean, it wasn't a, a little deal. And back in like the 1970s and 80s and you know times like that, when you had a corporate account to do painting, it was a lucrative thing. Mm-hmm. Well, in today's industry, they want to pay you with volume. You don't necessarily get paid, you know, because you have that corporate account. But back right. then, it was a really big deal. You know what I mean? If you had a you know a corporation that you were working for in multiple states, and yeah. you were the only one they used, that was a really big deal. Yeah, and that's not the way today. So. From when I was probably nine years old until college, mm-hmm. I literally spread 
thousands of gallons of paint, <laughs> thousands. Yeah. And I said, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? I've already done a career in the painting industry before I even left high school. Yeah. I did not want to be a painter my life. So I decided I was going to go to architecture school because I wanted to have something that left a legacy. I wanted to be able to drive past a building and show my children, listen, I, I designed that and you know they put it together and it still sits there 20, 30, 40, 50 years later. Yeah. I didn't want to have a paint job last, you know, eight to 10 years and then it gets repainted again. So I wanted to have something like that. So I go to architecture school and the very first day of architecture school, the teacher says, if anybody in here wants to make a lot of money, come see me after class. So myself and one other kid walked up there and said, we want to make a lot of money. What do we got to do? Yeah. And he said, well, get out of architecture because there's no money in it. You're never going to make a lot of money in architecture. So huh. if you want to, if you're here to make a lot of money, you're in the wrong industry. Yeah which I appreciated him telling us that, but we took it a step further. We said, well, what should we do instead? And he said, go into construction. There's a lot of money in construction, lots of millionaires in that field. You don't even have to kind of know what you're doing. You need to make a lot of money there. <laughs> mm -hmm. So he said, I highly recommend you finish out your, uh, your degree in architecture and then, you know, carry it forward and go to construction school. Yeah. And I did that. I, I went to architecture school. And by the time I got to uh, construction school, mm -hmm. I was actually employable at that point. I already had a degree in architecture. And yeah. now I'm even furthering that going to, it's almost like someone getting a degree in accounting and now they want to get an MBA. Well, they yeah. can still be an accountant. Right. So I got a job while I was in college and I worked for a company that, uh, I mean, if they're not the biggest, they're one of the biggest restaurant builders in the country. I mean, mm -hmm. they build more restaurants than they're, they're, you name a fast food place or a restaurant and they're a quantum. Yeah. 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 And, and it was a complete nightmare because I would have to travel and to go to college. I yeah. was in college. Huh. So I did that for a short period of time and I was like, I can't do this anymore because yeah. I'm going to kill myself. I mean, I'm, you know, out remodeling a, a long John Silvers and doing my homework in the parking lot with other carpenters <laughs> yeah. walking up to me asking me a question, right? So yeah. I'm like, I got to get out of this. <laughs> so I went and uh, I worked for a guy. He was, uh, he, he had more money than he knew what to do with, but he was a developer that built his own buildings. Okay. So he would, he would own uh, an industrial park. Okay. Mm -hmm. As an example, he did own those. An industrial park, he would rent the building out to an industrial company, but yeah. he owned he owned the building and he also built the building. So he got paid to build the building. He got paid to rent the building. He got paid for everything. Nice. But he was basically like a one-man show. Mm -hmm. And he just wanted, as a building came available in one of his industrial parts, he owned several, he would go put the thing up. So he hires me and I loved working for him because, um, number one, he had a lot of money. So he wasn't you know stressed about anything. The stress what didn't even exist in this guy's life. He's like, right. we'll get it to him when we get to it. And... Uh, I worked for him, but the problem was we finished the building that he had me building and he told me, I, I have to lay you off. So I went and worked for a uh, big, big construction company mm -hmm. and I became a project manager. Now, the, the time frame of this is I'm now 23 years old. Mm -hmm. That's the age I'm at at this point. Yeah, They uh, bring me on and now I, I have graduated from, I'm the superintendent on the job, which is a pretty powerful position in itself, especially yeah. for some age. And now I'm the project manager. So mm -hmm. the superintendent reports to me now, right? Yeah. And I'm 23. 
And the superintendents that are reporting to me are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. And I'm a yeah. kid, basically, right? Yeah. But I will say in my defense, my dad had me on construction projects since I was since nine. Since you were a kid, yeah. Right. So, you know what I mean? This is like something that I understand. And I went to school for architecture, so I could read. I could draw a blueprint better than most of these people that even read it. Yeah. And I get this job, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a project manager, and it's local. There's some travel involved, but there's not a lot of travel involved. And in that company, there were four owners. Mm. There were the two original founders. There's a mm. whole great story about that anyway, but it would be for a different podcast. But mm-hmm. yeah, these guys made a lot of money in their life. And as they got older, they brought on two younger guys to do the work, basically, right? So these guys own it, and then they bring on two younger guys. The two younger guys are doing the work. So there's four owners. And the two older guys decided they were going to sell the company. Mm-hmm. Well, at that point, I was the number five guy in the company, four owners, and then me. And they were grooming right. me to be an owner. I was yeah. going to, you know, come up and take one of other places. Huh. So I'm building a casino. This is in 1999. I'm building a casino in uh, Manistee, Michigan. I'm living in a hotel, uh, Holiday Inn Express, with my dog. <laughs> and uh, I come home. I would I would go up there on Monday, and I'd come home on Thursday, spend Friday in the office, then the weekend at home. Yeah. I come home on a Friday. This is in March of uh, 1999. Mm-hmm. And there's a letter in my mailbox at the office. The company's been sold. I'm wow. like, what? Oh, wow. The company's been sold. I'm, I'm living in a Holiday Inn Express with my dog. Yeah. What did you yeah. put an ad in the newspaper? <laughs> you, know, you don't decide you're going to sell a company. I mean, I don't know what the sale price on it was, but it was in the tens of millions. And I mean, I'm not talking, you know, and this was only for half of it. Yeah. Right. They only, they only, the two older guys sold out. So, you know, I mean, it wow. was, it was probably somewhere in the 30 to $60 million price range for half of this company. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. Furious. Well, and at this point, I was 27 years old. Mm-hmm. And because of the career I had, the jobs I had, stuff, I was well known in my industry. People knew yeah. who I was. Yeah. So I found out on Friday they sold the company. Saturday, I called the competitor, told them what happened, told them I had to leave. Monday morning, I had an offer. Wow. They gave me an offer. I didn't even do an interview. They said, we right. want to. We want to hire you. And yeah. they were a direct competitor. They knew who I was because, you know, we're all in the same industry. Yeah. So that Friday, I decided I'm going to give my notice. I said, Friday, uh, my boss called me up. They had a big meeting at the company and they're like, well, we're, uh, you know, everybody's going to, we made a lot of money on the sale. Everybody's going to, we're going to go take everybody on a trip to Hawaii or whatever mm-hmm. they were going to do. I don't know. I, I was so mad. I mean, I can't even describe to you how mad <laughs> I was. I poured my heart and soul into this company. Yeah. My heart and soul. I mean, I would... You know, so as an example, when I when I first started working there, the job site that I worked at was an hour away from my home. Mm-hmm. So I would have to get up, and this sounds crazy, but it's true. I would have to get up at two thirty in the morning to be there at four o'clock in the morning. Mm. And I had to be there at four o'clock in the morning because my superintendent was there at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right? He's out, you know, he's doing plays, you know what I mean? At four mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. People walk in at eight o'clock in the morning. This guy's got a game plan. You know, yeah. I have to be there to find out what the game plan is. Yeah. So, and then I would work till four, five, six o'clock at night. I'd go home, I'd go to bed and I'm in my early twenties. You know what I mean? I'm paying the price for, you know, future growth in this company. And they, you know, went out and sold it from out from underneath me. Right. So we had this meeting and I'm mad. I mean, I'm, I'm in the meeting and I'm asking the questions that everybody else is afraid to ask. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> you, you, you put it up for sale in the newspaper. That's what you did because obviously you knew you were going to sell it before you sold it. You didn't tell any of us this. 
You know, I mean, so basically you did something behind our back. Yeah. And they were like, listen, you know, we just didn't know how to tell you. Well, now that I'm smart or more educated, here's what they really did. They didn't tell us that they were selling it because mm-hmm. that could create a mass exodus of people. Exactly. If they lose a massive amount of people, the sale's not going to go through. Yeah. So they don't want us to know that it's for sale. Mm-hmm. So my boss calls me up after the meeting and um, he's like, well, what did you think of the meeting? And I said, dude, I quit. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, two week notice, I- I'm out. He's yeah. like, oh my God, there couldn't be worse news. I said, well, I'm leaving. He's like, what about the casino? Because that's what I was building was a casino. Yeah. He's like, what about the casino? I'm like, you have to find somebody else. I mean, you sold the company. You knew something was going to happen. You right. know what I mean? Life doesn't go on perfectly after you collect tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. Something's going to go wrong and this is what it is. Right. So uh, they want an emergency meeting. They're like, we need to meet with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So this was on Friday that I quit. Saturday, I went out with them. And I had already had another job. I got hired on Monday and I'm out quitting on Friday, Saturday mm-hmm. now. And they're like, uh, you need to go uh, start your own business. Well, at first they tried to get me to stay. They're like, we yeah. got a lot of money. We'll pay you to stay. We just sold the yeah. company. We've got a lot of wash with cash. You yeah. need some money to stay. And I'm like, no, because that's not really what I wanted. I poured my heart and soul into this. Because right. I thought it was going to be something bigger at the other end. And I didn't yeah. think the bigger at the other end was going to be you writing me a check. I thought the bigger at the other end was I was going to be able to grab this totem pole of a company. And I was going to be able to put my own carvings on it and leave it for somebody else for future generations. And that's yeah. now not going to happen. So I'm no longer interested in the totem pole. Right. So then they tried to convince me to start my own company. But what they were really wanting to do, they really wanted to do was they wanted to keep me away from the competitor. Yeah. Right. In hindsight, they were just trying to stop me from going to the competitor. Yeah. And they realized that wasn't going to happen. So they were like, okay, you know, just go to the competitor and, you know, whatever. But they said, you know, we do think you're ready to own your own own business. Mm. And when you decide that you want to do that, I want to be the first call. That's what my employer told me. I want to be the first call. Mm. So if one thing that was very important to me in my career, something that was instilled in me, probably even from, you know, when I worked for my father is even as an employee, a business owner, whatever, mm-hmm. we're here to make money. If <laughs> we're not going to make money, That's let's right. go home. Yeah. Right. Why are we here? If we're not going to make money, yeah. if we're going to be broke. Let's go be broke at home. Right. Yeah. So profitability was instilled in me even as a child. Mm-hmm. And I still, to this day, profitability is important to me because mm-hmm. if we're not making money, why are we here? So when I went and worked for this other company, it was the most crazy culture you've ever seen in your life. I yeah. swear to you. I mean, like almost everybody in the company needed to be fired. And I'll just give you some examples. Yeah. So they would bid the jobs. Again, this is construction, right? Yeah. Commercial construction. They've got hundreds of employees and they would say, um, okay, we're going to bid a job and we're going to put, let's say 6% on top of that. So it's a hundred thousand dollar job. There's 60,000 for us. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, that's a lower number than I'm used to doing. Yeah. But we want to sell volume. So they've got their number lowered. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have costs come out of that 6%, you know, mm-hmm. the light bill, the electric, you know, whatever you have bills you have. So we're going to net 3%. Okay. A million dollars, 3%, $30,000. Right. So I walk in there. I look at this. I'm like, this place is on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah. The first bad hit, and this place is done. Yeah. We need to fix this immediately. Again, remember, I came from a culture where I'm number five in the company, right? Right. I have the ability to say that 
But I don't have to say that because, you know, they trained me well and everybody's on the same page, right? We want to make as much money as humanly possible. Yeah. So I come in and I am the lone wolf. I mean, I literally had one of the owners of the company on my side and everybody else. Everybody. They protected that 3% like it was their life. They're protecting $30,000. Wow. I'm looking to make 15. I want to make 150,000. I don't want 30,000. You take 30,000, you multiply it out times 10 jobs. It's $300,000. Yeah. You take 150,000 and multiply it out over 10 jobs. It's 1.5 million. There's a bigger safety net in 1.5 million than there is 200,000, especially when you're dealing with hundreds of employees. I mean, I even questioned at one point, do you people even have a safety net to make payroll if this thing collapses? How are you guys going to survive if this thing goes down? You're not making enough money. I'm just looking at the jobs that I'm managing. There's no profitability here. Yeah. You're doing a million dollar job and you're getting $30,000. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll give you an example. They put me in charge of a Home Depot mm-hmm. and I'm the project manager on the Home Depot and it's a $4 million job. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any of the site work or anything, but we had to build the structure of the building itself. Yeah. So they have an estimating department and then they have that. So sales and estimating goes together and then they have a project management, you know, builds the building. Mm-hmm. So they give me the estimates from the estimating department and they tell me you have to go hire all these people. So, and they want me to hire them today. You got to hire them today. We already got the contract signed. You got to hire them today. Yeah. I don't operate that way because I'm looking to make money. Right. So I'm flipping through these things. And, you know, as an example, this guy says, if you change the manufacturer of the block on the exterior of the building, I can save you a dollar a block. Now, this is a $4 million job. Yeah. And they have a profit on it of $150,000. Gross. Mm. Gross. That's a mm. joke. Yeah. And $4 million, yeah. I want like five or 600000 Yeah. not 150000 Exactly. not worth doing it. There's some guy out there putting an addition on a house making more money than we are. <laughs> yeah. Right? We're yeah. in this to make money. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not the estimator. I'm project manager. This guy says, you can save a dollar a block. I call the guy up. I'm like, how many blocks are there? He's like 60,000. I'm like, $60,000 is a lot of money when you're only yep. making 150 grand. Right. I walk into my boss's office. I'm like, hey, we can make an extra $60,000 here. That actually, they're actually debating it. They're deciding whether or not they want to hire this guy to save the $60,000 or not. I'm hmm. like, if you people fell and hit your head, that's yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah. What are you talking about? Wow. And they didn't end up hiring the guy. They went back to the other guy and they told the other guy, we'll split the difference with you. Yeah. So give us $30,000 off the bill and you can still have the job. I'm like, this is insanity. Hmm. So I decide I want to quit. I'm like, this isn't going to work for me. I'm yeah. just making money. These people are probably on the verge of bankruptcy. And they still are in business today. But they did almost go out of business with the 2008 class. They were in bad trouble. Yeah. So, uh, I my old employer, the one I worked at where I was doing the casino, he told me if you ever decide you want to start your own business, I want you to come see me. Yeah. So I'm standing on a construction site for this new company who doesn't know how to make money, mm-hmm. and I've decided that's it. I'm, I'm quitting. This is in 1999, and I called him up, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm pulling the trigger. I'm going into business for myself. And he's like, yeah. I'm glad you called. I said, Okay, you told me to call, so I'm calling. <laughs> he's like, What's the worst possible thing that's going to happen? I 
I said, I'm going to go bankrupt. He's like, complete, utter financial disaster. Mm. You're dealing with more money on these projects than you're ever personally going to make in your life. So mm. you're talking about a lot of money you can't recoup. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I agree. And he's like, John, I'm going to tell you this. And I mean it 100%. You're going to do great. Mm. You will do great. When I told you to go into business for yourself, I meant it. You know what you're doing. Yeah. So I don't have any customers, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know one person who <laughs> needs my services, right? Home yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depot is not going to hire me, right? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just starting my own business. I, they'll let me build their building when I'm doing it for somebody else, but they're not right. going to let me do it when I'm doing it for myself, right? Yeah. So uh, I said, uh, you know, what I have to do is find customers. I got mm-hmm. to go out and find some customers. So I started basically probably the way I think most people would start is I call people I knew. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had this electrical contractor that I did work with that, you know, basically everywhere I worked, I'd known the guy for years. He, I followed, you know, I'd have him follow me around. If I'm getting a new job, he'd come with me. Mm-hmm. So I called him up and he's like, actually, I do have a project. What I need to do is I have an office and then I have a shop in the back and I just want to blow a hole through the firewall and put two offices back into the warehouse. So they'll look like they're connected to the office, but they're really built in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. I went over and looked at $9,000 job. I said nine grand. He's like sold. Hmm. So he gave me a little deposit on it and I didn't have to do anything. I, I just, you know, managed it, and, you know, got right. it done. I didn't even go there. It was such a small job. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can build a casino in a, a Home Depot. I don't yeah. build it because I'm, I'm not standing yeah. on the job like doing that. Yeah. So um, he gave me the $9,000 and the $9,000, I netted $900 on it. Huh. And I used that $900 to incorporate the company. So that's mm-hmm. how I got the company originally incorporated. Okay. And then, the, the, the rest of it, I basically spent at the office supply store and the printing company because yeah. I needed, you know, letterhead and I needed, um, you know, a computer and, yeah. uh, you know, pens and, you know, business cards and, you know, yeah. things like that. I mean, I don't even think I had a website. I mean, it took a couple of years, I think, to get the website because, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the internet was still kind of new. Yeah, it was you know pretty I mean? new. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were still doing the, the phone line in 1999, you know, where you had to unplug your phone off the wall. Yeah, to be able to get on. <laughs> to get to it. Yeah, so business yeah. was done a lot differently uh, back in that day. But um, so I decided, you know, I'm going to call everybody. So I called this other guy I knew, and he had just quit his job, and he was going out. And he was opening a uh, grocery store, hmm. and they needed a contractor to build it, and it had to be done by uh, Thanksgiving because, you know, after, you know, Thanksgiving, you're in the holiday shopping season and, you know, right. people a lot of money in the grocery stores. Yeah. It's got to be open. So I went out there and met with them. They didn't competitively bid it or anything. They hired me on the spot. They're like, you mm. got the job. And a couple weeks after I've sold those two jobs, now they're not even done yet, but they're sold. The, um, my previous employer, the one mm-hmm. that told me to call and quit, mm-hmm. he calls me up as he wants to go out to lunch. Now, I fully figured that what he's going to try to do is get me to come back. Right. 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 I was part of this company. I now have my own company. He thinks he's going to pass some money at me. Yeah. Yeah. So we go out to this really fancy restaurant for lunch and uh, he's like, what are you working on? Have you sold anything yet? You know? And I said, I did actually. Right. I'm like, I'm new to this. I actually did sell something. I got this grocery store to build and I got this little, uh, you know, office for this electrical company. Yeah. And he's like, well, when you left, it devastated us. Hmm. Right. And he, he even told, it was really nice. Of when, when I left, the day I left, they didn't tell anybody before I left that I was leaving. They mm-hmm. waited until the day I left, mm-hmm. my last day, to tell everybody that I was leaving. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he calls a big meeting. Everybody in the office comes in and he's like, we got some really sad news. John is leaving. Mm. And what he said that really I still remember to this day is, and we're not even going to try to replace him because it's going to take 10 people to do it. Wow. So the, yeah, the position is going to stay big. So yeah. I'm thinking now he's feeling the pain of this, right? I went mm-hmm. out and built buildings, you know, and now he's feeling the pain of doing this, right. uh, letting me go thing. So, uh, we go out to lunch and, uh, he wants to know what I sold. I told him and, uh, you know, I was proud of myself. You know what I mean? I hadn't been in business that long. Right. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And, uh, he says, here's the, uh, he's like, here's the situation we have, uh, you leaving has devastated us, which I suspected that conversation happened. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're now turning down work. We can't do it. You, the casino is a mess. Everything, you know, has changed because you left. Yeah. And now we're going to start losing customers. That's mm. what's going to happen because we can't do it. We're already slammed with what we have. Yeah. And one of the customers, and I don't know if this is a company that you're familiar with, right? it's called Johnson Controls. Oh, yeah. Johnson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Johnson Controls does like, you know, um, you know, building controls. They also do, mm-hmm. one of the things they do is uh, up in Michigan, where I'm from, they do uh, automotive interiors. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. What they needed to do was they needed to build a plant to put seats inside of uh, Jeeps. And it had to be relatively close to uh, Toledo where the Jeep was made. Yeah. So they found a site, picked it out, contacted my previous employer. And my previous employer is on the verge of, I can't do it. Yeah. I don't have the resources to build a project. Well, the right. fear was, if we let this go, are we letting the whole entire company go? Right. So he takes me out to lunch and he's like, here's what I need if you can do it. What I want to do is I want to call them back and I want to tell them we want that job. He's like, because I don't want to, I don't, I don't need the job right now. I've got more headaches than I can handle. Yeah. But I don't want to lose the customer. Mm-hmm. What I'll then do is I'll then subcontract the job to you. Hmm. So we'll hold the contract, you do the job. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. For five million dollars. Mm. <laughs> so my company's brand new and we just sold a five million dollar job. Yeah. Right. Huge. We're not going out of business anytime soon. (laughs) This is also the company that I worked at who was on board with me about let's make profitability. Yeah. Right. So this isn't a 3% job. Right. Right. This is like 10, 15%. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a lot of money involved in this. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, and and that's how I started it. That was in uh, 1999. And uh, from uh, September 1st, when I started it, September 1st, 1999, to the end of that year, I sold $6 million in sales. Five mm. million of them. But then I had the grocery store, and then I also had the uh, little office mm-hmm. uh, thing. And that, that that did it. You know what I mean? That's what I needed to do. Yeah. And then, um, you know, fast forward uh, 18 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I've been in the business owner the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. I started other businesses revolved around that. Mm-hmm. So in 2003, I started a uh, uh, a residential construction company. Turned that into a multi big multi million dollar company. Yeah. And then how that started was I did commercial construction. I didn't do mm-hmm. residential construction. Yeah, and I never saw residential construction as a viable entity because I am making more money on some line items on this project right. than the entire project costs. Right. 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 Like the masonry is a quarter of a million dollars in mine. And that yeah. whole house costs a quarter of a million dollars. Right. Why would I go mess with it when I can go do this? Yeah. But what happened was I was turning work down. So we would go 
bid a commercial job. We'd get a relationship with the owner, get a relationship with the architect, right? These people are in mm-hmm. the industry and they yeah. would say residential construction. And I would say, no, mm-hmm. no. From 1999 to 2003, I kept saying, I don't. So I went to high school with a kid that uh, was a guy, not was my age. Mm-hmm. And um, he worked for a landscaping. And I chose him to be my partner in that residential company because he was used to, you know, driving a skid steer across somebody's lawn, tearing the entire thing up, changing it into something nice, and then walking up to the front door and asking for a check. Yeah. Right. And that's what I need. Somebody who understands that this is going to, I can teach you the mechanics of how to do construction. Right. But to have the guts to go destroy the lawn and then knock on the front door and say, <laughs> that's for that. money. Yeah. That's yeah. going to take someone special. Yeah. Well, the problem with the guy was ultimately, and, and it was, it was, uh, it was great in the beginning. We did really, 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 really well. The yeah. problem was he was a thief. Hmm. So he did what I didn't know was because I was busy running my own commercial construction company. This is a yeah. side gig for me, right? It's his full gig, but it's a side gig for me. Right. And, uh, he had started his own business, his own LLC. And every time he got a new job, a new residential construction project coming in, he would funnel it to the new company. So the only work that we had was the work that I was sending the company. Right. So I called the guy up and I'm like, listen, I'm going to buy you out because I'm the only one bringing in work. Right. And he fought me on it. He's like, no, I don't, I want I want things to stay where they're at. You know, I'm not really looking to uh, make a move here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, finally, I just pushed him. And I'm like, listen, dude, you're either going to buy me out or I'm going to buy you out. But I don't yeah. see any reason. I've created myself a nightmare here. Mm-hmm. If I don't bring you work, there isn't any. Right. So he stepped up to the table and he's like, I'm going to buy you out. And I said, okay, I already had my hands full with my commercial construction company. I'm like, I really don't need this. Mm-hmm. So I, I took his buyout and uh, he quickly folded the company. Hmm. Well, that was because I didn't understand at that time that he owned another company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Right? <clears throat> he didn't need that. Yeah. If I would have known he owned another company, I would have never sold. I mm-hmm. would have said that company that you own is mine too. Mm-hmm. I own both of them, right? Yeah. I don't want to sell them both. So when I did find out, I had already sold it to him. I went and talked to a lawyer and the lawyer's like, well, here's the problem. You know, in small business, you're going to be you're going to have to look into, did he actually make money? Because the only thing you're entitled to is 50% of the profit. And, right. you, know, you, you own 50% of that company, probably. Yeah. You know, it would be illegal for him to go out and do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, prove that, you know, it was actually profitable. You know, he's probably mm-hmm. right off everything under the sun to avoid the tax bill. Yeah. So, you know, it's probably not worth it. So, but it was a yeah. lesson learned, you know, that, uh, you know, that's probably not somebody that I want to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and, and the business worked like this, okay? And it worked like this forever. So, we would go out, let's say that we had uh, carpentry as mm-hmm. a line, right? Or it could be landscaping. It could be almost anything. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You could do painting, painting I've done forever because obviously my... Yeah, grew up with that. Yeah. Right? Knows how to do that. It'd be like, you know, back in the day, my dad working on his own car. You know, my grandfather's a master mechanic. Mm-hmm. My dad's not a master mechanic, but do you think he knows how to work on a car? He does. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. He's been trained well. So, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought real quick, but... Um, that's all right. Yeah. So the, the way that the business, uh, the way that business was running at that point and whenever you had sold out and kind of, um, kind of, you know, looking yeah. at, the, at the next direction and where you were going to go with it. 
Yeah. So, so, so what would happen is we would take, um, uh, let's say we use carpentry as an example. Mm-hmm. We would bring carpentry and sometimes we're talking about multi-million dollar projects, right? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at just the carpentry on the project, metal stud, drywall, insulation, acoustical ceiling doors, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say we have bids come back and the bids are 400,000, 425 and 450,000, right? So mm-hmm. between 400 and 450,000, it's going to cost us to do this, right? Yeah. So I look at it and I say, well, why can't we do it ourselves for 350? We're going to save somewhere between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars on right. one line. Let's yeah. do it ourselves. I know yeah. how to buy drywall. Yeah. I know how to buy insulation. I know how to measure metal studs. What yeah. I don't know how to do is put them up. So right. I need to hire somebody that knows how to put them up. Mm-hmm. So what we do is go out into the marketplace and we hire forty carpenters mm. and we tell them to go to work on this project. Mm-hmm. And I've just generated a forty thousand dollar a week payroll yeah. for this line item. But yeah. as long as it comes in under $400,000, I don't care. Right. right? Here's where the problem comes in. And, and, and this was a huge, huge problem for me, my career, is those projects have timelines. Yeah. There's liquidated damages. If you don't finish the job, you mm-hmm. have to start paying the person that you're working for. Yeah. Right. If you're, if you're late, they, you don't have the option to not pay it because they owe you money. Right. Right. So let's say it's four or $5,000 a day. And I've yeah. dealt with those kind of liquidated damages before, right? You're talking yeah. $20,000 a week. Yeah. If we're two weeks late, hiring these 40 carpenters was not a good idea. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We're going to burn through everything that we potentially saved. And I've created myself a massive headache. Yeah. So I'm standing on a job site. This is regular, right? I go out to the job site. I'm going to the job site and going, this ain't going to get done on time. Hmm. We're not going to finish this job on time. Yeah. And they're standing there going, oh, yeah, we are. We're experts. We know what we're doing. Hmm. No, you don't. I've built more buildings than you guys have. Mm-hmm. And this thing's not going to get done on time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is going to be late. Yeah. So when I'm faced with a situation, do I fire all of you, right? And go hire somebody else? Mm-hmm. Or do I try to push you to get what I want done? done right. yeah. Or do I... I'm sorry, my son's in your car. No, no, you're fine. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, so do I, do I, do I fire you guys? Do I try to, you know, help you get, you know, uh, to the finish line or do I just start paying the liquidated damages? Because right. those are basically my three options. Something's going to happen here. Yeah. And, um, it was massive stress, massive, hmm. but you know, over the years from 1999 until now, I have employed hundreds, if not thousands of people. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Massive, massive, massive amounts of people because mm-hmm. of what I did for a career. Right. right. It's not like I own a retail store where you knew two or three people working. When yeah. You're going to $300,000 with a carpenter. You better have a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You need a lot of people, a lot yeah. of fingers, a lot of toes, a lot of equipment. Right. You need a lot of everything to make that happen. And especially in a timeline. So it's 2017 and I'm sitting at home. My kids are at home. And, uh, I'm, I'm divorced, so they don't know mm-hmm. with me all the time. I'm pretty much the time. Mm-hmm. And it's a Sunday and I'm sitting there thinking, why am I the only one who cares about anything? Mm-hmm. Nobody else cares. Like right mm-hmm. now I'm sitting here with my kids and I'm stressed out about work and everybody else is out enjoying their life. Mm-hmm. Right. And Friday mm-hmm. is going to roll around and I'm going to have to dig into the bank account. I'm going to have to pull out a whole chunk of money and I'm going to have to go make their life easier. And they're not making my life easier. Right. Right. If I died, this whole thing goes away. Nobody cares. 
At least that's the way I perceive, right? Yeah. So I sat down and I made a list and I said, what do I care about? What's important to me? Right. Because in life, what's important is what's in front of us at the moment. Right. Basically. Right. So we go watch the news or, you know, we learn something or listen to the radio on the way into work, you know, whatever it may be. And then an employee comes up to us. An employee has an idea. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not where we're at mentally. We're not thinking about what they're thinking about. Right. Right. And what the employee doesn't understand is what you're recommending to us. We've already done. We've already Mm -hmm. tried that. We tried it 10 years ago and it doesn't work. Right. But as employers, we don't necessarily tell the employee that, mm-hmm. right? We just say, uh, okay, we'll look into it. But we know we're not going to look into it. We already tried it. We invested hundreds of thousands of hours into that program five years ago when it yeah. lost big. Yeah. But we didn't take the time. We didn't take our head out of listening to the radio or whatever we were at it today to try to focus on what this person's telling us might be different than what we tried yeah. five years ago, wasted $100,000 on it. Maybe things are different now. So I need to talk to this person, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we start, you know, I, I contend that businesses start every single one of them the exact same way, every mm-hmm. single one of them. And how they start is with a thought. Mm-hmm. It's a thought. No matter what, it started as a thought. Yeah. Okay? I don't care if it's great, a huge business, if it's a partnership, if it's a solopreneur, whatever it is, it was a thought. I can do this. Yeah. Right. So then that, person, or it could be partnership, whatever, starts walking down the road of business ownership. Mm-hmm. And they realize they need help. So they reach to the outside and they bring people into that road. Mm-hmm. I can call it their road of ownership, right? Mm-hmm. They bring people on that road, right? And those people are their employees. Yeah, Those people are an extension of them, mm-hmm. right? Because if they could do it all by themselves, they would. They would. That's they right. can't. Mm-hmm. Right. I have to have people help me with this. Yeah. So I'm bringing people on the road. Right. And the further that road is, the longer that road is, mm-hmm. the more disconnected the person who had the original thought becomes to the people on the road. Mm-hmm. Right. The further down the road it is. Right. Like when Ray Kroc died, <laughs> he didn't probably have much association with what was going on at the milkshake machine. At the McDonald's. Yeah. Right? right. But when he first took over the company, that was a very important thing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So the further down the road, the more disconnected you get. So what I said was, what do I, because I'm, I'm way down the road, what do I care about? What's important to me? And mm-hmm. I came up with a total of six things that I care about. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to my employees, I really only care about six things. Mm-hmm. And if I can just focus myself on those six things, and I can get the employee to focus on those six things, mm-hmm. I then know when I get out of the car, and my, I got something going through my head about something else, and right. my employee comes up to me with a thought or an idea or whatever, mm-hmm. does it fall within those six things? If it does, it's important to me. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, I don't care, right? Mm-hmm. So what are the six things that I care about? Mm-hmm. And I contend there's only six. You could add a seventh if you want to, but when I get done with this, you don't need to. Yeah. The most important thing in any business is the people there. Yeah. Nothing is more important than the people that are there. Mm -hmm. Because if you run out of customers, great people can go get more customers. If you run out of money, great people can go get more money. Mm -hmm. If you're having problems with profitability, great people can go get more profitability. Right. Mm -hmm. Now let's use it the other way around. Let's say you 
have no employees or you have poor employees, right? right. These are the people on your road to entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have them. They don't exist. Yeah. So you have customers stacked up to the ceiling and no one to service them. Mm-hmm. How long are you going to stay in business for? No, you're not. Not at all. You run out of money and you don't have anybody to go help you go get more. How long is it going to take you to go get more money? A long right. time, yeah. right? So the most important thing in any business is the people. Yeah. Without the people, the business is nothing more than a piece of paper filed away at the state. Mm-hmm. That's all you have, right? You take a great big, huge office building and suck all the people out of it. What is it? It's nothing. It's a <laughs> giant shell of a building, right? Mm-hmm. It's the people that make it happen. And, yeah. and I contend, at least in my career and in most businesses, the, the employer does not see it that way. Mm-hmm. And the employee does not see it that way. Right. The employer thinks you're replaceable and the employee mm-hmm. thinks I'm replaceable. Yeah. Right. Now, when you have the most important thing in the company and the two players involved in it aren't on the same page, how well is that going to go? Yeah. It's not going to go well at all. Mm-mm. So the best scenario, the best thing we can do in that scenario is tell the employee you're the most important thing here. Yeah. And then treat them like that. That's right. You are the most important thing here and explain to them why that is. Yeah. You know, if somebody doesn't come open up this store today, we're not making any money. Right. Customers are going to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. Right. Your job is very, very, very important. And you're not replaceable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get, when we get done with these six things, you're going to become an unfireable employee. Yeah. You come to me and tell me you want me to make a house payment. I'm going to make it. Because yeah. you're that good of an employee and yeah. I'm going to do that in six line items. Yeah. Okay. The second thing that I care about, once we get past that the employer, any employee understands the employee is the most important thing here. Mm-hmm. The second thing we care about is revenue. Yeah. Because if I don't have any money, I can't pay any employees. I right. can't pay rent. I can't pay taxes. I can't pay insurance. I can't do marketing. So I, I, I have to have money, right? So employee number one, money number two. Employee, I need you to help me get money. Yeah. That's what I need you to do. If you help bring in money into this organization, okay, mm-hmm. forget, you know, so, and, and, and I have a video out right now and I use fast food as an example, but fast food is just an example. It's just mm-hmm. an example. It can be in any industry. Okay. But yeah. I'll take you, you're a very experienced, very savvy business person, right? Would you go work at a fast food restaurant? No. No. You know why? They don't pay enough. Right. But if they did pay enough, if they mm-hmm. did pay enough and you worked there, would that be a profitable store? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That place yeah. would make money like it's never seen before. Right. Right? And now take fast food out of the equation and incorporate that into any business. Mm-hmm. If you have the right person there, right? They're going to make the place money. So right. how much money they make, we don't care. As mm-hmm. long as you're helping me increase sales, make this place more profitability, you're focused on my money side of this business. I don't care how much money you make. Yeah. If you have that cash register screaming in yeah. my fast food place, the yeah. money's just pouring in. I don't care how much money you make. As right. a business owner, I don't care. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that not true? That's right. It's very true, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you can use it as a lawn guy, right? So a guy cuts lawns for a living, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say he's not even that good at it. He's not even a very good lawn guy, mm-hmm. right? But for some reason, every time this guy gets on the lawnmower and starts driving around the, the, the yard or the commercial building or whatever it is, cutting mm-hmm. the grass, he comes up with four new leads from the neighboring properties. That's right. 
that guy getting fired? No, no, never. he's bringing me work all the time, right? Yeah. I got somebody that understands their value. They're helping bring in sales. The yeah. third thing I care about, and this is this is the reason why customer service does not make the list and what I care about, mm-hmm. because we're going to go further than that. Yeah, I want my employees to follow things up to the point of embarrassment. Mm. I want you to push that back, go back. Follow it up to the point where somebody says to you, if you bring that up to me one more time, I'm going to punch you, right? <laughs> yeah. Because that's what happens with customer services. Someone entered into a transaction to do business with us and yeah. we did not hold up our end of the bargain. And now we have an upset customer. Yeah. It boils down to that. It's that simple. If they would have known that this was going to end up like this, they would have never hired us in the first place. Right. Right. We didn't do what we said we were going to do. Yeah. Follow-up is the problem, right? Yeah. If we do what we say we're going to do, follow-up's problem. Follow-up solves exactly. that problem. Taking care now, of it. Now, it is going to have problems. There will be problems with customers, mm-hmm. which is why we need the fourth most important thing. And the fourth most important thing is, as an employer, I need to be dealing with a good human being. I mm-hmm. need this person to be a person of character. They're an honest person. They're not malicious. They're not destructive. They're not liars. They're not thieves. If a customer gets upset and I'm not there, I know it was not done to intentionally hurt this person. That's an employee I can stand behind. Yeah. I can go to that customer and go, listen, I understand you're upset, Mm -hmm. but I do have an employee who understands their value. I do have an employee who understands the monetary aspects of my business. Mm -hmm. I do have an employee who follows things up. And they're a good human being. So yeah. while you may be upset with us right now, I guarantee you it was not done maliciously. Right. 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 So, we, so we're, we're solving the customer service problem. Mm-hmm. But we take that even a step further. And I could name a lot of businesses who have this problem, and I won't do it because you're a <laughs> public podcast. Yeah. But we're on the same team. And this is the fifth most important thing. Mm-hmm. And this was a huge problem for me. These people would go way out of their way to get each other fired. They don't like each other. So they wouldn't come to me and talk about all the wins that we're having that day. They'd come and talk to me about how this person over here is dragging the whole team down. This person's doing this. This person didn't do this. This person didn't do that. Yeah. Listen, competition is down the street. We do not compete here. Mm -hmm. We compete with the competition, right? We're not competing with each other. We're on the same team. We yeah. help each other out in every area. We mm-hmm. help each other out with our work schedules. We help each other out with um, our uh, our leads and uh, sales. We help each other out follow things up. Mm-hmm. Because when we're all working together and we're all a team, it makes everything that we do so much easier. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it needs to be a team participation. And the sixth and final thing that I care about is... Are you doing more to be better today than you did yesterday? Mm. Are you pushing to get better? Okay. Those are the six things. Now, if I take those six things and I culminate them together, I have an employee who understands their value. Mm -hmm. I have an employee helping me bring in sales. I have an employee who does follow up. I Mm -hmm. have a good human being, person of good character. Mm -hmm. They're a team player and they're Mm -hmm. pushing to do more. That becomes somebody I don't want to see leave. That's right. I want them to stay here. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to push it a step further and I'm going to say, 
what drives employees? What makes an employee engaged? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that question is, and believe me, I've employed hundreds, if not thousands of them, something different for every single one. Yeah. Every single one of them is driven by something different. Mm-hmm. One of them might be driven by family. That's the most important thing. And this mm-hmm. job thing that I have here is just the means to an end of that. Right. Right. I just want to feed my kids. If I could, if I could go to work or if I could make money and never have to come to work, I would do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's other people where work is their life. That's what they care about. Right. Other people are driven by that money. Some people just want a lot of money. Right. But what right. we do as employers is we're lazy. So what we do is we use the resource that we have available, which is money. Mm-hmm. And we try to drive everybody with the same thing, money. And money doesn't drive everybody. Right. It just doesn't. Right. So that's not what they're driven by. And, and I have found actually that you can get more out of an employee by allowing them to tell you what they need mm-hmm. as opposed to you telling them what you need. That's right. So allow yeah. them. So, you know, as an example, I have an employee who has to go to the VA hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's the only place he can go, right? He right. doesn't have insurance to go someplace else, right? Mm-hmm. Now, and he has some health issues. So this has been a problem for him previous employers because he'd say, I have to go, right? And even going in there is not even easy thing to do. You got to schedule it in advance, right? Mm-hmm. So he'd say, I need Wednesday off. And they're like, you know, you, 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 you can't go. Mm-hmm. We got You got to get a job site. What right. are you talking about? Dude, you're already out of days. You've missed too many days already, right? So mm-hmm. this is a point of stress for him, okay? Yeah. Of, of, with previous careers of going to the VA hospital. That's right. So I told him, if you ever tell me you're going to the VA hospital ever again, I'm going to fire you for telling me you're going to the VA hospital. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Yeah, you just go. Get it done. Needs, yeah. Right? I want to find out that you're at the VA hospital when I'm looking for you, Yeah. right? Where's he at? Oh, he's at the VA hospital. Okay, fine. He's at the VA hospital. We'll get through right. it, right? Now, yeah. if I'm not focused on these six things, and I don't know that this is somebody that brings things to brings me work, mm-hmm. this is somebody who follows things up, this is a team player, right? And they come to me and they want something for themselves, right? Something that drives them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to go, right? They got yeah. no choice. No. He can reschedule, but the problem is sometimes that can take 30 days. You know what I mean? It can take a while to do that. So he doesn't want to put himself through uh, that stress. So mm-hmm. find out you know, make them serve your needs, right? And it's not a hard thing to do. You know, most people don't understand sales, right? right. That is a problem. So they can't bring in revenue. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I took the employee and I just broke sales down as far as it can go. Mm-hmm. As far as you can break a sale down, I broke it down. Because if you can start somebody there, you can make most sales based on the very, very, very fundamentals of a sale. Yeah. And the very fundamentals of a sale are, People will only buy something and you can, you can incorporate this into your business and your thoughts right now as we're mm-hmm. talking and you can say, yep, you know what? You're right. Cause it's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have the, uh, recruitment company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In order to make a sale, you have to have one of two things or both, right? One or the other or both. Okay. Right. In order to make a sale, you have to have one or the other. And you're going to say, yep, that's obviously true, but I promise you it is 100% true. Mm-hmm. And it does not have to be on sale. Mm-hmm. You can sell it at full price. Right. They, they do not have to like you. They can dislike you and they'll still buy it. Hmm. Right. There's only two reasons. And those two reasons are number one, they need it. Mm-hmm. So selling your recruitment program to someone who has no employees is going to be a very challenging thing to do. Right. Can you do it? Yes, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can say, 
one day you're going to have employees. Mm -hmm. And if you give me $40 a month, when you do need employees, I'll find you some. And right. somebody out there will buy that program. Yeah. <laughs> but I think and it's a waste of your time. Right. Just go find somebody that needs it right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So the number one thing in making a sale is, do they need what we sell? Mm -hmm. The second thing is, do they want what we sell? Mm -hmm. Because people buy things that they want every single day that they don't need. Right. Have you ever heard of Pepsi or Coke? Nobody <laughs> needs one. They want one. Right. 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 But if you break it down to need and want, right, that helps with the sale tremendously. Yeah. And people go so, so deep into this. They go so deep into the sales thing. And I'm like, listen, you know nothing about sales right now. Let's just teach you the fundamentals. Right. right? But if you're working for my painting company and you're looking to bring me a lead, I mm -hmm. do not want you at an apartment complex trying to do that. Because mm -hmm. the person renting the apartment probably does not need to paint the rented apartment. Right. And they probably don't want to pay to paint the rented apartment. Right. right? Exactly. So who would need and want our services that you may or may not know? Mm -hmm. you know somebody moving? Somebody moving might. Mm -hmm. you know somebody building a new house? They might. And then take it a step further. Who do you know that doesn't know what you do? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't know what you do. I guarantee you, Kyle, there's people in your life who do not know what you do for work. You're right. Mm -hmm. Every Absolutely. single person that you know should mm -hmm. know what you do because yeah. you don't know who they know. Right. Right. So then they're on social media, they're at work, they're whatever. They're like, hey, I really wish I could find somebody for that position. And then they're standing there going, yeah, you know what? I know somebody that does that. Why don't we call them up? Right. Yeah. But you have to tell people what you do. You can't tell people, you know, because we, we have these limiting beliefs in our head that, well, they don't need to know that. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Maybe they don't need to know that, but is it going to hurt you if they do know that? <laughs> right. Yeah. There's right. no downside. <laughs> right. There's really no downside to telling them. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do with the employee because the employee doesn't understand. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll take someone, you know, as in, 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 a, in a flower business, right? Mm -hmm. Someone works for the flower business. Right. And they say on, you know, social media or whatever, oh my gosh, my grandmother just passed away. Mm -hmm. Guess what? We sell flowers. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take advantage of the fact that your family member just passed away, but I can get you a discount on that if you want. You know what I mean? If somebody wants to sell flowers, yeah. I'll make sure that everybody's taken care of. Mm -hmm. Take that off your to do list. And yet the person that works for the flower company gives it the sad face on. Facebook and keeps moving on. Doesn't say anything about the fact that they work for a flower place. Right. You know what I mean? That's so right. these are the kind of things that we need to teach the employee. And then, you know, in in in, in the program, mostly because of sales and follow-up, mostly because of sales and follow-up, they're different. Mm -hmm. But the value of an employee does not change per industry. Mm -hmm. the, the, the fact that we're on the same team does not change per industry. The fact that you're pushing to do more does not change per industry. But how you get a sale does. Mm -hmm. Our roofer is capable of driving through a subdivision and seeing if somebody needs a sale is not the same way a heating and cooling guy does it. Right. It's not the same way someone in a retail store does it. Right. Mm -hmm. The guy at the heating and cooling company can't even do it the same way the retail store does it. I mean, a retail store has a huge advantage. Somebody walked in that door. Mm -hmm. Okay, this guy got out of their car, walked down the sidewalk, opened up the door, came into my building. They might want to buy something. Yeah. Right? 
take it back to me you want. They might be in the wrong store, right? Now you take the heating and cooling guy. He's got 10 employees and he's sitting at home every day wondering how can I get more work? Because right. I need to keep my 10 employees busy. Yeah. So what I want to do is I want to take those 10 employees that he has and I want to turn all of them into salespeople. Hmm. So what I did was I called it the greatest on the planet. That's mm-hmm. the name of the program. It's called the greatest on the planet. Yeah. And then it's the greatest whatever it is on the planet. It's the greatest right. roofing on the planet, the greatest mechanic on the planet, the greatest forest on the planet. Mm-hmm. And it's a workbook. And it's eight chapters long. Mm-hmm. And the employee goes to it. And we're going to ask the employee thought-provoking questions. Mm-hmm. And we're going to ask the employee, what would you do? Right. And then we're going to let them go do it. And if they're people of good character and they're mm-hmm. people who follow things up, and yeah. they're team players. Do we really have to worry about what they're doing? No, yeah, we don't. You not know, a, a, a friend of mine, I just made a video about this, but a friend of mine has a very, very, very successful business. Very successful. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what they do is they sell diamonds. They're diamond dealers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he, um, he does not have a, a, a social media presence almost at all. Hmm. Okay, he's still extremely successful. These people know who he is. Yeah. So he decides I need to hire someone and become known on social media because that's just going to help my business expand. Right. Okay. So he hires this girl and she's in, she's experienced in sales. Mm-hmm. She's experienced in diamonds. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she shouldn't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. The only problem is she doesn't feel comfortable selling on social media. Mm-hmm. So she's failing miserably at the job. Yeah. She's not doing well. So yeah. he called me up and he's like, I think I need to let her go. And I said, well, why? And he said, because she's not doing what I need her to do. I need her to get the social media thing going. Mm-hmm. I said, well, why did you hire her in the first place? He's like, well, she's experienced in diamonds and she knows how to sell. Mm-hmm. I said, so what's the real problem there? Is it the problem that she doesn't know how to sell diamonds? Is it that she doesn't know the industry or that she doesn't feel comfortable with social media? Right. He's like, you're right. She doesn't feel comfortable with social media. I said, you as the business owner, do you really care where she sells? You right. got an asset on your hands. She understands diamonds. She understands selling. Mm-hmm. Put her where she feels comfortable and let her do her thing. Let her do it. That's right. Yeah. Right? Why are you trying to smash a square box into a round hole? Stop doing that. Who's the problem here? Her or you? You are. You're trying to come up with something and say, let's do this. Maybe your calling isn't on social media. Maybe you don't need to be on social media. Maybe somewhere down the road, that's going to come to you in a different way. But you're yeah. going to fire a great employee because they're trying not. You're trying to force them to do something. Yeah. Right. And see, and I contend that that's why mainstream employee training programs don't work mm-hmm. because we try to smash information into an employee, right? And they're not transparent with us. They don't right. tell us. What you don't know, Mr. Employer, is in three weeks, I'm quitting. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to be working here anymore. And right. you're really wasting your time by sending me through this training program. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to train my employee. I mean, some things you do. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not telling you not to train your employee on your products. You should absolutely do that. I mean, I've mm-hmm. been in scenarios before where I've actually felt bad for the person working there because I'm like, that's something you should know. And it's not mm-hmm. your fault that you don't know it. It's your right. employer's fault. Right? right, they trained you on that. And I understand they haven't, or you would know the answer to this. But this is kind of like you know, uh, you know, like I've been in a store before, and I'm like, "What time do you close?" And they're like, "I don't know. I don't want that shift." <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 okay, there's a team 
team member problem. Right? There's a teamwork problem here. Right. The person right. on the first shift's not talking at all. The person on the second shift. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. So yeah. So it's called the uh, it's called the greatest on the planet. And the yeah. idea is the employer purchases the program, mm-hmm. gives it to the employee, mm-hmm. and kind of takes a hands off approach. I yeah. just want you to focus on these six things. If you yeah. focus on these six things, I kind of don't even care if you don't know how to do the job. Because right. I can't fire you. Right. I just can't yeah. let you, you become so home. important. Yeah. And then you come back to me at the end of the month and tell me you help paying your mortgage payment or your rent mm-hmm. payment or whatever. And you've we've identified that you're taking care of these six things for me. I'm gonna help you with it. Yeah. So now your needs are being met. I'm not trying to say do this and you can get more money. Do this and you can get more money. Like I said earlier, people don't yeah. want more money. Mm-hmm. That's not what they're about. Right. Right. Find out what they so, need. And uh, well, John, I think that's, uh, I think you're exactly right. I think um, you want to think that uh, I talk about in the management side of it, in the employer side of it, um, is that we've got to understand the specific needs and did we provide the resources that they need? Um, are we, you know, if we can identify to your point, if for someone it's the flexibility to go to the VA hospital, if for someone yeah. else it's spending time with their family, if for someone else it's, um, um, it is that that dollar. It is that check. And for somebody else, it's I want to be able to go have lunch at, at, at my kid's school with them once a week, whatever that yeah. is. Um, if we can identify that one thing, I, I think so oftentimes where companies get, um, where people get messed up is they, <clears throat> they f- try to fit so closely into uh, kind of a legalistic approach to business and, and they create these processes and procedures and a handbook and we've got yes. all these things that we have to Use follow. My ears. Yeah. And, and what I always try to explain to companies and tr- explain to people is, um, you know, those things, those processes, those procedures, those policies are designed to protect and help you, the company, not to hurt. And so the moment that your policy is hurting you, because to your point, now you're potentially going to get rid of a great employee because once every couple of weeks, they've got to have an hour and a half to go to this hospital, this doctor's appointment. You're going to potentially lose one because you've got a policy written in ink that, by the way, you approved and wrote. Well, then change it. Make it exactly. more vague so that you understand, look, this is based on the individual need of the employee. And as the employer, I have the autonomy to be able to make these decisions based on what's best for you. And the amazing thing is, if you do that for each individual employee, they're not going to complain about the flexibility that that person has because they have their own drive. They have exactly. their own thing, whatever that thing is, um, that, that they can they can live their life the way that they feel like they need to. And so this person may make more money, but that person also works 360 days a year because money is what drives them. But this person's only working 250 days a year, but, and they're making less money, but man, they've got the flexibility they need and they're, they're fine with that. They're comfortable with that. And so that's what, um, that's what I believe as employers, I, I, I see it happen all the time where we allow our policies to get in the way and actually screw us up. And, yeah. uh, um, no, I, I agree completely. We've got to look at uh, at what our employees actually need, and I love I, I love the way you've got this broken down. I've I've had this conversation with clients before when I've said, um, you know, you you've given me a list of twenty different things here that you want someone to do, but let's break it down. What are you? In fact, I actually put it just this way, which is one of the reasons I really love the way that you you explain it. Um, I had a client. Uh, it was probably about two years ago now, and. Um, 
they had gone through all of these different things. And as we were talking to him about potential candidates, I, I finally said, look, give me just like the four or five things that if you have someone that just does these things, you, you're not going to get rid of them. You're not going to fire right. them. Like they may right. not be the greatest. And, and in their role, it was a, um, it was a carpentry position. And I said, they may not be the greatest carpenter, but if they just did these things, you're never going to get rid of them. And I, I think that that is such an important lesson. It's a different mindset that we have to take because we oftentimes as employers do think about the very specific skill set, like the young lady you spoke about. She's not great at social media. I needed someone in social media, but she's, but she's a good employee and she's a positive contributor yeah. to the bottom line and to the organization. Well, then let's allow that to continue and then if we really feel like we need social media, let's find another option for social media. Exactly. And, um, but we, we sometimes get in our own way with those things. So You're absolutely right. Yeah. And then um, another thing, Kyle, if I can, I, I yeah. don't know how much time, but I wanted, I wanted to throw this by. This is something that's really important to me. And this is just like something that really I just realized that I, is very much how I am as a person. But yeah. um, you know, with it being you know, the holiday season and stuff, Christmas, and yeah. um, I... I was thinking the other day about giving, right? Mm -hmm. And and then that that led me to giving back. Okay. Yeah. And and I don't resonate well with giving back. I don't like that terminology. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because I want to give first. Yeah. I don't want to give back. I don't want to take something and then feel obligated to give back. I'd right. rather give first and then get yeah. it back. Yeah. Right. That's how that's how I feel. Right. Yeah. I'm just a giving person. And believe me, I mean, employees, friends, family, I've been giving for you know decades and people will take advantage of it. they will. They'll take your generosity. They'll mm -hmm. use you up and they'll spit you out. But I still win because I wasn't expecting anything in return out of the give. Right. I just wanted to help. I didn't yeah. help so I could get something back. And if you come right. from that place it doesn't really hurt as bad when somebody does that to you right? because they will do it. Yeah. So yeah. what I did, and, and I did it out of the, the spur of the moment. I mean, like no thought went into it at all. <laughs> and it's already gotten kind of successful. Yeah. I went on Facebook and I created a group and it's called John Hopper's Business School. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of the group is I'm looking for business experts, people who understand business very well to mm -hmm. join the group to help people who want to own their own business. Oh, that's and great. Do it for free. You're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah. But, but I am going to go a step further in this group that other groups don't allow. And if somebody comes in and says, I need something, I want you to jump on there and say, I sell that. Right. Right. So you can sell, you can soft sell for them, but I don't want it to just be a page where everybody just goes and throws yeah. up their business and says, I do this and I do that. And I do this. But if right. you absolutely see somebody in there who needs your services, mm -hmm. I want you to, I can help you with that. But I want you to be a teacher too. If you're yeah. an expert in business or, you know, you've been down the hard road, you're right. not giving back to these people. These people weren't here when you were struggling to make payroll when you first started your company yeah. or, you know, you were struggling to find a new job or you were struggling to get Christmas presents. All you're trying to do is give them an opportunity to not have to walk down the road that you walked down and yeah. make it a little bit easier on them. And you'll yeah. see some success stories along the way of, hey, I helped that guy and now his business is doing well. Yeah. And you really win from that. Yeah. So it's called John Hopper's Business School and it's a yeah. Facebook group. So if your listeners wanted to check that out and they wanted to either come in and contribute, and yeah. even the teachers are learning from each other. Absolutely. So the teachers are teaching the, the, the teachers. I mean, it's yeah. great. 
And uh, I don't know where we're at right now. I just started it on uh, December 22nd. I think we're at 300 okay. some members already. That's so great. I mean, it's going to go to the thousands, if not the tens of thousands, because it's coming from the right place. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. I will check that out and um, yeah, thank you. And definitely encourage uh, encourage all of our listeners to check that out as well. Um, because you're right that that oftentimes is the challenge. It's having a community of people you can go to that have already been through the trenches and say, "Hey, what do I do here? I'm in this situation." So that's um, yeah, that's really good. I encourage everyone to check that out because we all need those yeah. types of resources. I'm, I'm excited about that. And then if they wanted to learn more about my um, programs, yes, that that website is www dot the greatest on the planet.com good yeah and um uh, I've had a check to a chance to check out the site. Um, and so it, it is really good. And, and I want to encourage everyone to take a look at that. And um, of course, there's a drop down box and it gives you kind of different career areas that, that your industry may be in. But um, but as John has mentioned, these are transferable. I mean, you can put this, you can put these concepts into any um, career and ultimately the industry uh, in, employees are people and human nature is, is human nature. Those things don't change. So, um, just because they're in a different career. So I definitely encourage everyone to check that out. And, um, and, and John, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing this and, thank you. You know, and, and having the idea to say, I'm going to take these things that I've kind of developed over the years because of being through the trenches and, um, and figuring out a way that I can compile this information and, and help others with it. So thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it and, and for taking the time to come on the show today. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate it as well. Thank you for checking out today's Business Playmaker. Links to the resources discussed in today's episode are available in the show notes. For more information and resources from your host, you can visit him at www.kylegorman.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes. And until next time, make it a great day.